everyone, and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I am your moderator, and with me this week is Esposo de la Pastora, Dan Jellybeans for all, Marcelo. Hello. Yes. Worship director Scott, a vote for Dan is a vote for Jelly Beans Reed. Yay, Scott! And associate pastor Bill, leave me alone, Calvin. Woo, we're coming at you, buddy. (laughs) Dan, uh, first of all, listeners, uh, we're recording over Zoom for the first time in our history. Uh, Dan, will you pray for us? Sure. Father, we give you this day. We want to say before we do anything that we love you, that we are in desperate need of you. Father, we pray that the things that were said today would be helpful to the people that are listening, that, Lord, you would lead us, that you would guide our our tongues and our hearts, and may, at the end of this, we be more closely aligned to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Scott, take it away. All right. So today, since the Would You Rather cards are in Dan's garage... um, that's I'm debatable. going to, I, I've come up with three different topics for each of you that I, I think will be appropriate. <laughs> and uh, and you're going to answer just a rapid fire slew of would you rathers uh, with no explanation for the sake of time. Uh, and I'll just shoot it at you. You tell me what it is and we'll go to the next question until I decide that we're done with you. <laughs> Easy. Um, so we'll start with Bill. Bill, your would you rather questions are on the topic of running. And uh, the picture at the top of this webpage is two women um, in what looks to be about their 20s. So that's what they think that you are when I look at these questions. So, Bill, would you rather run with someone chatty or silent? Hmm. Chatty. Chatty. Uh, (laughs) This one is a joke. Would you rather run with no socks or no sports bra? (laughs) (laughs) No sports bra. Not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem. I don't even run with a shirt. That's true. <laughs> Run in, in the freezing cold or sweltering heat? Any more, it'd be the freezing cold. Wow. Um, would you rather uh, run with an empty stomach or a full bladder? Empty stomach. Would you rather run a hilly 5K or a flat marathon? Hmm. Flat marathon. Wow. Would you rather run as much as you want on the treadmill or only once a week outside? Well, if it's for the rest of my life, probably the treadmill. If it's only for a short time, I love running outside, especially in the winter. If I can run outside in the winter, I don't get sick. Mm. Mm. And I only need to do it one day a week in the winter, and the rest of the time could be indoors. It's, it's like magic. It just keeps me from getting sick. Oh, that's cool. All right, Max, yours are... This is the one I'm least happy with, but yours are Great. video game would-you-rathers. Fair enough. And they're pretty much all about which you would rather play. Okay. Um, so the first one is, a, a, they're not all two options. Some of them have more, but what are you going to do? Um, which Zelda game would you rather play? Ah. The Legend of Zelda on the NES, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, or Breath of the Wild? <laughs> oh and this is, goodness. would you rather play right now? Uh, the Wind Waker is my favorite one. You got the boat. It's very pretty. You're on the ocean. I said no no justification. I'll just justify what I want. Let's, let's keep this professional. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Team Fortress 2 or Overwatch? Overwatch. Fair enough. And we'll end with this one. Dark Souls or Bloodborne? Bloodborne. Thank you. Of course. No! (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan, you are up and you are last with Star Wars Would You Rathers. All right. Dan, would you rather be stuck in a spacecraft with Jar Jar Binks or the Wrath Tar, which for those of you who may not remember what the Wrath Tar is, it's that big tentacly thing from like episode seven eight 
Seven. seven. Episode seven. Jar Jar Binks, even though that would be really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you rather have as your co-pilot, Poe Dameron or Chewbacca? Poe Dameron's not used to being a co-pilot, so I would say Chewbacca because that's been his job. Ooh. That's a, that's a good point. I was interested if you had taken the language barrier, but unfazed. Uh, which droid would you rather have as your sidekick, BB-8 or R2-D2? R2-D2. Finally, who would you rather have as your Jedi teacher, Yoda or Obi-Wan? Yoda. A lot more laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> all right. That's all I got for you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, those were good. Uh, let's get into Sermon Roundup. Yeehaw. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Dan, <laughs> uh, for your excitement. is contagious. Sermon Roundup this week is brought to you by the Life Stewardship Course. Throughout the scriptures, God points us to how he leverages challenging circumstances to point us back to him and his purposes for us. Are you aware of the truths God is speaking to you about in this season? What is your response? Daniel Riemenschneider would like to help you look back to look forward. It's hard to get far on your own, but with the help of a guide and a coaching group, you can achieve this. The Life Stewardship Course, Sundays from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. over Zoom, November 1st through December 6th. For more information and to register, visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash 2020 course. Instead of a sermon roundup this week, uh, we're on a tighter schedule, um, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about one of my favorite passages um, and and talk a little bit about Bible reading. Reading the Bible every day uh, is, frankly, just so necessary in order, in order to be able to see the world uh, the way it really is. And I want to say that I have been struggling with that for like a month now um, of consistently reading my Bible. And I can feel like that sort of disconnect. And, and I think we all have experienced that. Um, you know, sometimes when you fall out of reading the Bible, uh, it can be really, really hard to get yourself to get back in. And so this week I, I started reading my favorite book of the Bible, which is Ecclesiastes. And chapter 7 ends uh, with one of my favorite verses. Um, It's a bit of a downer, but he says, uh, I did find this, that God created people to be virtuous, but they have each turned to follow their own downward path. And so my question to you guys, for the people who are also struggling to read the Bible every day, can you kind of tell me where the pull to follow our own like downward path comes from and a little bit of how to resist it? To me, it sounds like that's just sin. That's just sinfulness. That's what's pulling us to follow our own downward path. And and how do you resist it? Well, how do you resist any sin? By the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, surrendering that to God and, and allowing his power to win that victory for you instead of trying to really do it on your own. I was actually just reading uh, in the last week or so um, the book. for I was reading it for ordination. It's called Holy Sanctified, and it's uh, A.B. Simpson talking about sanctification, and he outlines, I think, really succinctly and, and helpfully, there's sort of like three aspects of sanctification. There's a separation where you say, you know, like, I'm going to put this sin far from me. I'm not going to engage with it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to, certainly not going to practice it to the best of my ability. Then there's a dedication where you dedicate yourself to God um, and to His way of living. So instead of just saying, I'm not going to be angry, you say, instead, I'm going to be peaceful or joyful or whatever. Um, So there's a a pulling away and a pushing towards something else. And then lastly, and I think crucially, is there's this filling of of the Holy Spirit and of God in your life to actually give you the power to see those things through. You sort of, according to Simpson, you sort of 
determine that you're going to do this, and then you surrender it to God, and He takes care of providing the muscle to get it done. Mm. And so I think that's how you how you successfully resist that downward path and that sin is is only by the power of God. Everything else will just be frustrating. Mm. I was thinking of Genesis three when Adam and Eve first sinned and their tendency, the first thing they did was to hide from God. Mm. And so it mm. makes me think of that it's really easy for us in that same way to to avoid those encounters with God. And like Scott said, that tendency being sin, maybe we're we're dealing with a sin issue, maybe we just are feeling lazy, we just don't want to engage with it, but that natural inclination is going to be trying to get away from God at times and really recognizing that that's part of our sinful nature, to hide away and to not seek communion with God and then taking steps to to not do it when we know that, hey, this is a, this can be an issue. Trying to recognize that in ourselves when we're pulling away as opposed to mm-hmm. drawing closer. Yeah. When it comes to Bible reading, something that I've started doing over the last six weeks, I read the Bible before I read anything else. And I don't have to read a whole lot, but I simply say, okay, I, I want to read this Malcolm Gladwell book. Oh, whoa, whoa, this is the first time I've been reading today. And so I have the Bible on the couch with me, and I pick up where I left off, and uh, I'm finding this to be really, really good. Hmm. It's my way of showing God and the Word primacy over all my other reading. Yeah. Dan, I had never thought about, like, the first thing that Adam and Eve doing is, is hiding. Um, do you also relate to that? That impulse to hide? Well, I think I think any of us do. I think it's it's a it's a decision you have to consciously make mm. every day of okay. What whatever time of the day, if you didn't get it in, in the morning, saying, Okay, I need to make time for this today. Mm. And I this mm. needs to take priority over reading a book of my own or watching a TV show or whatever it is, because this is important for my more important than those things and it's it's for my spiritual life. It's ultimately my relationship with God, sure. and it's going to set me on a, a good trajectory as opposed to the other things which are just kind of, not that, that TV is bad or anything like that, but it's not setting me on that path closer to God most likely. Mm. It's just kind of distracting me in a lot of cases from what I know I should be doing. Mm. And then, Bill, I know, I think you preached like a year and a half ago about this resist temptation and the devil will flee from you. Is that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you like kind of speak to that a little bit of of what what is it? Is it it's resist the devil and he resist will resist the devil from... and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Okay. Well, it is true. It's in the scriptures and that idea of resist, as I remember, it has a connotation of you really put your foot down. You say, "This is it. I, I'm resisting right now." Hmm. And when we take that attitude towards temptation and the devil himself, we gain strength. There's a, a durative aspect to that resistance too. It's not just, I'm resisting you right now. Oh, he didn't go away. You know, hmm. it's, you can't just resist for two seconds. It, it, you've got to have some real endurance with it as well as the idea of this is it. I'm mad. Oh, it's a once and for all kind of resistance. Hmm. There's both sides of it. It's, it's that once and for all, and it's the endurance side of mm-hmm. it too. Mm-hmm. We can do that as Christians, and when we fail, we really think, oh, the Bible's wrong. It didn't work. 
It's not working for me. Something's wrong with me. Look at it over your lifetime. If that becomes your lifestyle to resist the devil and really endure as well as put your foot down, mm-hmm. you're going to see the sins falling away. Mm-hmm. You're going to become stronger against your most besetting temptation. Doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, but you're going to improve so much. Mm. And, and that, I believe that is really what the promise is saying. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The devil doesn't flee forever and ever. He, he will flee, but in Luke 4.13, Jesus has just defeated Satan in the wilderness. And it says, and Satan left him for a more opportune time. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does with us too. He, he leaves, he's going to come back for a more opportune time. Mm. And I think our listeners may think, well, I don't always have the opportunity based on like lifestyle or job to like sit down and read. Yeah. Maybe people have babies and that's really hard or young children and it's tough to like sit down and get a moment and then they get a moment it's like I'm so exhausted I'm going to go to sleep. But I think there's there's also different ways to engage with the Bible that's not just sitting and down and reading it. But there's something very valid about listening to it and like the Bible app or an yeah. audio version of the Bible. Some of the most meaningful times I've had are listening to the psalms being sung and then singing it along hmm. as well as like back to like praising God. So it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not as always black and white as you have to do it this exact way, hmm. especially given life circumstances, which even in like a car commute to work and back, like there's a number of guys I know in our families group that listen to, use that time to listen to sermons or while they're, while they're working by themselves, able to read, listen to audio books and listen to the Bible. And I think that's perfectly valid. Yeah. I really think that in biblical times, the devout man would be out in the field and he's singing psalms, which are scriptures, but he's singing them as he goes through his day and boy, they work their way deep into his spirit. He gets new insights into who God is because he's singing them maybe for the thousandth time, but he's, he's getting something new from it. Mm-hmm. And, and let's face it, in those days, those people didn't even own Bibles. Right. Hmm. Um, let's get into topic of the week. Topic of the week this week is brought to you by the BC Learning Center. Hmm. The mission of the Bloomingdale Church Learning Center is to provide a place for guided learning in a Christian atmosphere. We want to serve our community by providing a learning space for students grades 1 through 8 currently participating in online school. The Learning Center is equipped with dedicated adult supervision, proper Wi-Fi and internet, and enough space to appropriately social distance. The BC Learning Center, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash learning center to learn more. For my own curiosity, where is that? Like, where are they? It's in the kids' quad. Oh, okay. That's where all the Wi-Fi got beefed up. Okay. Dan Marcello and I were together yesterday downloading some alpha movies mm-hmm. and they they downloaded almost instantaneously he says whoa that <laughs> wi-fi is really good now nice for topic of the week this week um the coronavirus pandemic has continued to dominate our conversation as a country um and we don't reference covid too much on the show i don't think we talk about the pandemic particularly often and if we do it's sort of in a passing remark um, but our last update on it uh, in our lives and in the life of, of Bloomingdale was in May. 
um, and we're recording over Zoom mm-hmm. today because of it. Uh, so it seems appropriate to have a fall update um, on God's work during the quarantine. To start off, for each of you, uh, I want to ultimately kind of talk about how God is at work, um, how he's at work in our lives still. But what good and, and, and bad things have you guys seen sort of come out of the continued lockdown and the continued sort of restrictions that we've been living under for going into eight months now? Well, the good that I've seen is there are people in the church that seem to be more fired up about Jesus Christ and the church, and it's because they've gotten pushback. Pushback, resistance to being able to worship, resistance to being able to be around their friends. Mm. So now when they get to be around their Christian friends, it's more meaningful than ever. I find myself, I love it when we have worship outside. I just work my way towards the front, take my mask off, sing loud, and I noticed last week, uh, poor Nancy, she was the whole worship team. People <laughs> felt badly for her. She did great. So what yeah. happens is she finishes a song, we all start cheering. And, and, <laughs> and part of it was out of appreciation for Nancy, but part of it was just, yeah, nobody can stop us from worshiping our God. You know, take this, mm. Satan. It, there's, there's that mentality that I see coming through because of COVID. Mm. I hope that mm. continues to increase. Yeah. Mm. I think when it comes to the bad stuff, I think it's just what you said, Max. It's been eight months of continuing to live under restrictions. And when I, I think there isn't a person out there that is thinking, yeah, I can't wait for this to continue. We all right. <laughs> wish we could go back to, yeah. to life in, in some way, but in the way it was mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that can just take its toll and, and get and get tiring. And I f- the good thing is I, I find myself daily being rejuvenated by the Lord in that sense of just relying on him. Uh, in like a personal sense, and because I mean, if you if you think too hard about it, it can get real frustrating mm-hmm. and real aggravating. Of man, I just want to be able to go into the store with no mask, or mm-hmm. I just want things to be able to my kid to be able to go to school like normal. Or if you spend too much time focusing on that, it can get it can become all you think about and dwell on. But really, having that focus on okay, God's got this going on for a reason. I don't know what that is yet, but I want to lean. I want to get closer to Him through this, mm. and not focus on all the external stuff, but on how can I grow closer to him in my life, mm. be on a trajectory ever closer to him? Mm. And like like Bill was saying, I see a lot of good going on in the church. Just on a personal note in ministry, like having our class restart again, what was that, back in the beginning of September, where we were kind of, we were on a little bit of a hiatus, there was financial peace going on. And I've just seen a lot, we've seen a lot more people get involved that weren't involved before and, and begin to make friendships. And mm. the COVID, everything kind of ground to a halt, and we thought, oh man, the momentum we were really gaining yeah, I feel like we mm. God really caused there to be more momentum again, people connecting again, and um, I'm very hopeful that's going to continue. And seeing people get very fired up, like Bill's saying about about their relationship with God and really going deeper when they don't really have to, mm. uh, but they just of their own wanting to and wanting to grow closer to God, making those decisions to mm. you know they could be in the Bible to 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 be reading and and growing. I've been really encouraged by that. What I've seen in people. Mm. Yeah, I think. Um... You know, the last week or so, uh, Leah and I and Max, I think you two, have been quarantining because you know, we were exposed to COVID, I guess, last weekend or a week and a half ago. Um, and I think it was really, it was we've been doing this for so long that COVID routine was starting to feel normal. 
back at the beginning of all of this, you know, you, you saw a lot on the internet or heard people saying a lot, you know, now we all have the time that we always wish that we had. And, hmm. and that's kind of true or it was kind of true. And, you know, some people used it productively and some people didn't. And I think with all the emotional processing of a pandemic that there's not a right way to have used that time necessarily because um, it's a heavy burden. But then as happens, no matter what your schedule and routine is, things filled the, the spaces and it became normal again. I mean, abnormal, but normal. Um, and I think kind of getting pushed back into quarantine in these last two weeks, um, it kind of reawakened me is a very dramatic word, but I became aware again of, of that, you know, when you can't really leave your house and you can't go over to the church to do anything because I don't think that we have it. I'm pretty sure we don't. But if we did, anything I touch could then give it to somebody. So you got to mm-hmm. be really careful. Stuck in your house, you finish everything you can do. And it's like, okay, what am I going to do now? Um, how am I going to use this time productively? Uh, where normally I would be going over to to set up for the you know the rehearsal tonight. Well, I can't do that. So how am I going to use this instead? And and I think that is whether it's you know seven months ago or or now um, that is a, a good thing that we don't want forever, but a good temporary thing um, that's come from COVID of, yeah, how are you going to use this time? You know, we don't, we don't always have extra time just because of COVID. You know, if you're a parent, you're helping out your kids and maybe you feel like you have less time than you did before. But, but I, I would wager at some point in the last seven months and probably at some point in the coming months, there will be a day where normally you would have had something else going on Mm. and now you just don't because of this. And Mm. how are we going to use that time well? Yeah. And productively. In terms of, of permanent things, you know, what are things that you guys see um, in the church and in the country? Like, you know, when we when this first started out, Dan, you actually had the foresight to kind of say like this, you know, to some of the kids who are in elementary school right now, like this could be a similar memory to the memories that, that you and I and Scott have about 9-11. And I think at the time I thought that was a little extreme, but now it's, I mean, their lives have been fundamentally changed for more than a half a year um, and will probably be a year before things could potentially start to go back to normal. Like what in our church and in our country, if you want to go there too, like what are the good, positive, permanent changes that can come about because of this? And like, what are the permanent changes that we have to like be aware of and be careful of and, and, and um, you know, that could, that could become challenges. A few of us went to a webinar this morning about doing outreach with COVID going on. And the gist of it was they were promoting doing mid-range outreach where it would only last four to eight months so that people wouldn't get tired of that particular outreach event. And uh, it took them a whole hour to say what I just said in 30 seconds. (laughs) So I didn't appreciate how slow that went. That's one of the big changes I see that I hope we'll continue on in our church that we're getting to be succinct. Hmm. We're not wasting time. Hmm. Like in the worship service, yeah. the sermons are more direct to the point. We, we don't spend any time really uh, doing offering announcements because we don't take an offering. So we get done in 45 minutes and you think that was a good service. In fact, that was better than the hour and 10 minute long service that we had eight months ago. Pretty interesting. 
The mm. one thing I miss that I hope we do go back to is more music. Mm. We don't sing as much as we used mm -hmm. to, and I really do miss that part. Mm. But I can see why we had to scale back on the singing because particularly the online, that, that was just funky sitting at a computer and Nancy <laughs> and I are singing together and you don't hear anybody else. Um, mm. I don't know if I'm answering your question or not. I just Either way, I'm track. really interested. <laughs> um, permanent changes, good and, good and bad. Well, I hope, I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if this is going to be a permanent change, but I hope that it is. What Bill was talking about earlier um, regarding in America... For a long, long time, we haven't had virtually any resistance to gathering. Mm. Um, there's been little to no cost uh, to our faith, um, and now, you know, there there is a cost. There is resistance to gathering. We have to figure out how we're going to get together, and it's not oh, you know, we have to figure out how to keep this secret and get twenty people into this house, or the government's going to arrest us all. But it's how do we, mm. you know, keep 50 people or 100 people safe while still coming together. It, it's different, but it's similar. And I, I hope that that there is a permanent change in all of us as we move forward from this uh, of just appreciating more um, the body of Christ and, and why it is that we get together every week and that it's not just a, a social obligation or a whatever, but there really is a reason to it. And And weekly, it's not arbitrary, but you know, we would be doing it more if we could mm. you know, and getting into that mindset. I hope that that's a permanent change that we see. I've noticed that over the last couple of months, and maybe you guys have noticed this too, there's been a lot more people sick. Mm. I feel like a lot of the prayer requests that I get and a lot of the prayers that I pray are for healing. And so I hope that in a sense that that's not a, a long lasting thing because I don't want to see people not, not feeling well or whether that's from COVID or other ailments or afflictions. But I'd, I would like to, that to be a lasting change in the sense that that we are a church that prays for people to be healed. Mm. That prays the healing of Jesus and from his atonement on people and on their lives. I'd love to see that just be something that marks us. Mm. Yeah. And, and that might even be a, a big cultural shift. We had Alpha at my home last Wednesday, and the topic was, why and how do I pray? So it was a terrific alpha video. And at the end of the video, I said, you know, Eric had a bad accident at work. He fractured his skull. He's still trying to recover from this concussion. And I told him we would pray for him. And so I said, Eric, do you feel comfortable if people lay their hands on you? Which I know this is freaking some people out, but he was like, no, that'd be fine. So people gathered around, not, not everybody, but a lot of people gathered around, put their hands on his shoulders because we were claiming the scriptures, uh, Mark 16, these are the signs that will accompany the believer. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get better. So here you got people, it's a mixed group. There's unsaved people, saved people, newly saved people, brand new people at church, people that don't know each other. But everybody felt like, no, we got to pray for this guy to be healed. Hmm. And tonight when we have Alpha, we're going to want to hear from him. Well, are you getting better? Mm -hmm. I, I know he didn't get healed instantaneously, and he wasn't even healed when I called him shortly thereafter, but, but we, want to, we want to see him healed. Mm -hmm. And I, I think because of COVID, it's way more acceptable to say, well, hey, let's just pray. Mm -hmm. Let's pray for healing. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and people don't look at the 
Christian like, oh man, what's wrong with you? No, 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 this is a real thing. You know, we at least in, in, in Illinois as of this morning, more or less, got the announcement that things are starting to move sort of back downhill. More restrictions are being placed again on restaurants. It's kind of a, a, a re-shutdown, um, a revisitation of, of what happened in March. What encouragement do you have? What encouragement can we give to people as we move back sort of indoors, as we move back into our own spaces and, and the weather's not as good, so there's not as much opportunity to, you know, walk through your neighborhood or whatever. Like, you know, what encouragement do we have for for our listeners as we move back into a more shut down state? I think I tell our listeners what I'm telling myself is that it's just a season and it's not going to be forever. Yeah, I, I would say God is God wherever you are. If you're outside, he's there. If you're in your house, he's there. And his qualities don't change. He's going to be good. He's going to be faithful to you. He is sovereign. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whatever, Lee and I were talking a lot about this a week ago when we found out Chelsea had COVID, and then we found out, uh, I don't think my parents do have it, but they were starting to show symptoms. Right. And and we were we had been in contact with Chelsea, and uh, so it was just very real to us. And God is sovereign. And whatever happens, he's not surprised by it, hmm. and it's not outside of his will and his ability to work things for good. Amen. Amen. I, I love what they're saying. I, I want to say something that has more to do with health science. Okay. That instead of just continuing on with wash your hands and wear a mask, social distance, I, I think everybody's heard that enough to understand <laughs> But what they have not said, and this is very, very important, the way to make your body strong enough to resist the COVID virus and all viruses is, number one, get enough sleep. It's worth it to just turn the TV off and go to Mm. bed a half hour early. Don't let yourself get run down. Mm. The second thing you can do is go outside Go outside and take a walk or run, but do something. Just get out there. It's good for your health. The, the third thing you can do is eat real food, not junk food, real food, superfoods such as walnuts, kale, foods that will build your body up. Take, take supplements, t- drink protein drinks, but but get real food in you because that's what makes your body stronger. Mm. And then there's everything right with exercising, but particularly if you can exercise outside, it it, it will make your body stronger. And it'll boost your spirits too because you see oh, the, yeah. Yeah. the sights and it's not just the four walls surrounding you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the great things I've seen with COVID is how many people are out there walking and running mm-hmm. and riding bicycles. Yeah. It, it's impressive. And, and some of these people... They've lost a lot of weight. They look better than they've looked in years. Yeah. So, so that's what I want to say. There, there's yeah. simple things that we could all do to make our bodies stronger and mm-hmm. give us a better shot at overcoming viruses. Sure. That's a good practical word, Bill. Yeah. Um, well, uh, for our second to last segment, uh, it's time for bets. 
Last week, we asked whether or not our services would move indoors and what the temperature would be at the start of the service. Everybody said that Saturday would be outside and Sunday would be inside. I don't think anybody anticipated the coronavirus forcing us to be outdoors for both services. Um, True. In terms of temperature, Dan bet 57 on Saturday, 45 on Sunday. Scott went 55-44, and Bill went 57-43. At the start of the service... Uh, on Saturday, the outside temperature was 85.5, or I'm sorry, 58. <laughs> 85. 85? Where were Did you? I, I was using a meat thermometer. <laughs> I, was, I was outside by the sign. It was not 85. I didn't say where in the world we would be measuring. Uh, 58.5. Uh, and Sunday was 41, meaning Dan was off by a total of 5.5 degrees, Scott by 3.5, and Bill by 3.5. So Scott hey. and Bill tie. Good um, job, Scott and Bill. Congratulate. In order to maintain you know, COVID regulations, I would strongly encourage you to buy your own jelly beans. Uh, to celebrate, but oh. you have my permission to buy jelly beans once again. There's some in the library, Bill. Um, hey, don't tell them about those. <laughs> I need those for my job. Uh, <clears throat> helping himself. By this no, time no. next week, the World Series will most likely have been finished, and the MLB will have decided its champion for 2020. Friends, your question this week, who will win? the World Series, and how many... uh, We'll get to that. How many of the seven possible games will be played? For those of you who don't know, our two teams competing are the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers' name uh, comes from the term Trolley Dodgers, which was attached to the team in 1911 while they were still in Brooklyn due to the complex maze of trolley cars that weaved throughout Mm. the city. Prior to that, Mm. they were known as the Brooklyn Bridegrooms. I would love to go (laughs) and see a team... The Brooklyn Bridegrooms take on the Tampa Bay Rays. The name of the Rays uh, officially references a burst of sunshine, a ray of sunshine, even though it was shortened to Rays in 2007 from the original Devil Rays. Uh, so nah, the, the, Devil the Rays. team still has Manta Rays on their sleeves regardless as a reference to their old name. Uh, but the official meaning of the word Rays has changed from Manta Rays to Sun. Revisionist history, that's what that is. <laughs> Uh, Your wives bet on this last month. They guessed the Yankees, the White Sox, or the Red Sox to win it all, none of whom came close. Uh, Gentlemen, (laughs) what are your guesses? Again, it's which team and how many games out of seven will they play? I'm going with the Rays. Okay. Seven games. Rays in seven. Scott? Uh, I'll say the Dodgers for Kirk Steinbrook, (laughs) knowing knowing nothing about either of the teams. (laughs) And I'll say... uh, Five. In five. That's fast. Yeah. I hope as long as I Bill. Well, even though I find myself emotionally pulling for the Dodgers, my intellect tells me I want the Rays for two reasons. They're a small market team, mm-hmm. and I always pull for the small market team. Yep. And the other is the Dodgers always choke. <laughs> Sometimes I think the Dodgers would need the outfield of Father, Son, Holy Spirit to get over the top <laughs> and actually win the World Series. I, so, so I'm going for team. the Raisins in six games. Perfect. They're an American League team like the Indians. Awesome. Right. Go for the American right. League, right? Listeners, uh, I won't be offering jelly beans because we still haven't gotten them to Sean Mitchell because of the coronavirus. Uh, but you can send in your guesses if you want to to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org. Uh, to Bill's point, the top three paid players on the Dodgers uh, combined make more than the entire team of the Tampa Bay Rays. 
So yes, they are a very small market team going up against Goliath. Uh, I said that was our second to last piece, and I meant it. Gentlemen, the polls are open to elect the Bloomingdale Church podcast president. And at this time, next week, we will announce the winner as voted on by our listeners. It has been quite the season. We've had announcement speeches, a debate, political advertisements, and we've arrived at the last leg of our election journey. As longtime listeners know, the finale is traditionally the talent portion of the contest. Uh, But unfortunately, due to the COVID restrictions, we'll have to scrap that. I'm sorry. I know you've worked very hard on your respective performances. Um, So instead, we will be defaulting uh, to the format of the very first podcast presidential election from 1978. Uh, Gentlemen, each of you will have 15 seconds per opponent. Uh, to express your well wishes to each of your opponents, highlighting the part of their campaign that you admire the most. Mr. Marcello, you have the floor, sir. Well, I would like to turn to my friend and estimable colleague, Bill Calvin, and say, you have run the race well. Even though you want to be left alone, (laughs) we don't want to leave you alone because we love you. Thank you for being you. Mm. And Scott, I look forward to serving alongside you. (laughs) A little (laughs) presumptive there, Dan. No, no. No, it's not. Uh, Mr. Reed. Well, to Bill, I would say that the part of your campaign that I find most compelling is how little you want to be elected. (laughs) I think I can get on board with that, (laughs) with how little that you want to be elected. And Dan, um, obviously, running mates, jelly beans. We're in the home stretch here, buddy. We got this. Bill, it's, a, it's in the bag. Bill, the final word to each of your opponents is yours. Well, I admire your campaign, too, that you brought two strong forces together to better our broadcast, and you've added the bribe of jelly beans. That is fantastic. I've got this running mate that's been dead for 200 years. Please win this race. Please. Listeners, this is the last week to submit your votes to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org to choose who will be the Bloomingdale Church podcast president. Polls will close the morning of Tuesday, October 26th. And listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can email podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org with your questions, your would-you-rathers, your trivia quizzes, and your votes for Bloomingdale Church Podcast President. Perfect. Well, that is all the time that we have. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. Thank Thank you, Max. Bill, take us home. You have been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast, brought to you by Bloomingdale (laughs) Church. In Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of the nation. (laughs) He's going off script. Brought to you by PBS. Listeners like I forgot what you're supposed to say. (laughs) You invented it. I've only heard it like a hundred (laughs) times. Oh man. To be clear, Dan, uh, before before you get up and before you push your mic away so I can actually hear you, um, when you say jelly beans for all, are you gonna buy jelly beans for all the listeners? 
I am encouraging all of our listeners to join me as we work hard to buy our own jelly beans. <laughs> I mean, oh. I mean, Bill wants people to buy their own jelly beans. No, your campaign. No, no, I thought I thought it was a gift from <laughs> That's Scott what I and Dan. Your campaign is a stack of lies. They don't grow on trees. We must must do the hard work of planting the jelly beans together. I can't. And reaping a harvest together. (laughs) (laughs) A giant jelly bean stalk to the sky. (laughs) 